Hey, look at that. It's the April 20th edition of the Daily Wager podcast, which means, as always, we've got you covered. Three big NBA games tonight, a look at the futures market, and a little bit of baseball. So sit back, relax, which shouldn't be a problem, and we'll get you set with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. She's Aaron Dolan, I'm Joe Fortenball, and the NBA playoffs are in full swing. So let's start with the marquee jewel of tonight's card. 7 p.m. Eastern, the Boston Celtics lead their best-of-seven series over the Brooklyn Nets. One game to none, courtesy of Jason Tatum's buzzer beater that gave the Celtics a one-point win in game one. Tonight, the Bees... From Boston, that would be the Bruins. So we'll focus on the NHL down the line. But the Celtics laying three and a half, total of 226 against the Brooklyn Nets. Edie, the floor is yours. How are you attacking this one tonight? So I'm going to go with the Nets money line. I mean, this game is just so pivotal that I just want to take them on the money line. Kevin Durant, he's going to be better than 9 of 24, which is what he shot from the field in that game one, as well as 1 of 5 from 3. The Nets also were able to put up 114 points on one of the best defenses in the league. And, of course, in that game, as I mentioned, Kevin Durant just didn't play well. I also think the supporting cast around the Brooklyn Nets will need to play better. Seth Curry, Patty Mills, Bruce Brown. I mean, they were relatively ineffective, and that game still came down to the wire. I think Kyrie Irving will feed off the crowd and Robert Williams obviously is making his absence is making an impact for the Celtics defense so I just think considering all things that are on the line they don't want to go down two games I will take the Nets money line but I did have to mention this stat because I thought it was pretty interesting I read this thanks to ESPN stats and info but teams to win game one of any series but not cover which was the Celtics they're then 14-0 outright in game twos since 2015, 11-0 outright since 2016. So that makes me a little bit nervous, that crazy stat, of course. You have to factor in which teams are actually playing. But um, I'm still going to rock with the Nets money line in this one. Yeah, nice work. It's You're basically saying, hey, I like this pick, but here's a stat that's 100% the other way. So uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> You'll bust it. You'll bust it up. It's got to go down I'm at some hoping. point. And I would imagine there are a lot of scenarios where you don't see a two versus seven like you are right here, at least a seven to the capabilities of the Brooklyn Nets. You're going to hear a lot of zigzag from me yeah. on today's podcast. I'm going under 226. So let's take a look at game one. Total closes 227, 229 points are scored. And as a result, we're now at 226 for game two. I think that tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Brooklyn was incendiary from the floor in game one. They shot 54% from the floor. They shot 46% from deep. Good luck trying to keep those numbers up. Boston shot pretty well too, 47% from the floor, 36% from deep. So even if they maintain, it's unlikely, but if they maintain and Brooklyn drops, we should be able to get an under based on what happened in game one. Uh, Boston had an awful night defensively, to your point. To put it in perspective, they posted a defensive rating of 118.7. Of 83 games played this season, that was 70th of the list, 70th worst. Terrible. So essentially, here's what I think. You're playing a great 
Brooklyn offense. You're not going to improve to the point where this is a top five performance, but I do think you can make some adjustments to improve at least a little bit, which will keep this under the total of 226. I also lean a bit to Kyrie Irving under 28 and a half points. It's even Monday. He was unstoppable in game one, 12 mm-hmm. of 20 from the floor, six of 10 from deep, a perfect nine of nine from the line. He played 42 minutes. I'm not sure if that can happen again, especially if they get Durant more involved. So under 226 is my favorite play here. Uh, lean to Irving under 28 and a half points. Game number two, 8 p.m. Eastern, Philadelphia. Oh, my God, is this the year, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> They're up two games to none over the Raptors. They look unstoppable. They're laying two, total of 216 and a half at Toronto. I mean, it's possible, Aaron, that this Sixers team just goes 16 and 0 and wins it all. <laughs> I don't know if that's if that's possible, Joe. Um, for those unaware, Joe and I are both Sixers fans. We both feel <laughs> very differently, I feel like, on every single game. But I'm going to go with the player prop in this one for Joel Embiid. I'm going to go over 45.5 points and rebounds. Now, he's only hit this once in five games against Toronto, averaging 32 points, 12 boards on the road. So he's better on the road than when he's playing at home. Now, he didn't hit over this last game, and Scotty Barnes wasn't in that game, so you'd assume that he would be able to go over this. I just think considering on the road, he's hit over 45 and a half in six of the last 10 games. I think this is going to be a closer game than people expect. So a lot of times for these big stars, you worry about their player props because come that fourth quarter, they could sit some of the time. I think this will be a little bit closer. And no, I, I'm not I'm not saying that because Matisse Seibel is not going to play. I mean, he only played 10 minutes in game two. So that's not really notable too much for me that he's not going to be playing in this one. I mean, to some extent. If this was a different team and they had, you know, crazy wing shooters, I would be worried about that. But the Toronto Raptors really don't besides Fred Van Vliet. So I'm going to go Joel Embiid over 45 and a half points and rebounds. All right. I like it. And I agree with you. I think it's going to be closer tonight. I'm going to play over the total here, 216 and a half. Uh, Let's go through the series. Game one closes right around this number, 215 and a half. It flies over. We see 242 total points. Game two, as a result, closes a little bit higher at 217. It stays under. 209 points, but that's because of the second half and a few factors that happened there. Only 90 points in the second half with only 43 scored in the fourth quarter. Philly was blowing out the Raptors. They took their foot off the gas. The pace of play plummeted dramatically. And as a result, you didn't have a lot of scoring. You're not going to get that in a competitive game where one team's trying to grind out the clock. And this total only missed by a handful of points in game two, despite all of that happening. Raptors in an 0-2 hole. They're going to be feeding off the crowd. It's going to be an aggressive game early. You look at the pace in game two. It was 87.1. That is extraordinarily slow. 82nd mm-hmm. of 84 games played for Philly this season. So I'd expect that number to tick up just a bit. In addition, look at Philly's box score. They only took 69 shots in game two. That's tied for the lowest of 84 games played this season. A lot of outlier performances here. So as a result, I do think we'll get over the total. Not saying it's by much, like we saw in game Mm -hmm. one, but I think there's a lot that points to why we got an under in game two, and I don't see that happening again. I'll throw a prop out there as well. Tobias Harris, points plus assists plus rebounds, 21.5. I play the over, and I play it relatively big. He's having a great series. He's playing huge minutes. He's getting fantastic looks thanks to A, Embiid going off and commanding so much attention, and B, Harden driving and kicking. James Harden can't finish at the net like he used to, but he has been facilitating and he's been doing it in a solid way. Uh, Harris is averaging 31 par for the series. He posted a par of 32 in game one and 30 in game two. Like I said, big minutes. And I think this is going to be a closely contested game. So it's going to be big minutes again. Par's only 21 and a half. That's more regular season uh, than it is playoffs. 
And I believe what I'm actually looking for is points plus rebounds, but I keep saying car. Either way, I like all of them involving Harris tonight going over because I think he's going to have a big one. So let's move to game number three, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Milwaukee laying 10, total of 225 against the Bulls. This game was unbelievably low scoring the first time out. How do you Mm -hmm. see the rematch here? So what's interesting is the last time the Bulls beat the Bucks with Giannis in the starting lineup, it was back in 2017, which is pretty crazy. So I'm going to go Giannis over 45 and a half points and rebounds. And last game I'd faded this. I said, take the under. And he had 43 points and rebounds. But you have to remember that he had five fouls and went to the bench with 8-14 remaining on the game. So tonight I think he actually will hit over this. I think that the Bucks will exert their dominance in that first half. I would lay minus five and a half for that first half line. I think considering they're the worst third quarter team or one one of them, I should say, the Bucks. Um, I do worry about this team being able to come back just like they did in that game one. But the Bulls' defense, surprisingly, was pretty stout. So um, we'll see how they look in this game, too. I'm also looking at Zach Levine over two and a half made threes. So Chicago went seven of 37 from three-point range, which is absolutely terrible. That's very basically 19%. Um, it was the Bulls' worst performance from beyond the arc since January 21st. So For me, I wanted to look at some made threes props. And for Zach Levine, he's gone three for 10 and four for seven in the other two meetings against Milwaukee. So maybe he'll have a bigger night and some of these shots will fall. All right. I'm leaning into some of what you're saying as well. I am going to play the Bucs in the first half, minus five and a half. I think they jump all over the Bulls here. But I'm going to play over 225. And a lot of that has to do with what you just mentioned with game one in Chicago. I don't know if you can find a worse offensive performance by two teams in any game in the NBA this season. That's how bad what you witnessed was. You might think I'm exaggerating for effect. Let's start with Chicago. 32% from the field. In 83 games they played this year, that was the absolute worst shooting performance. They shot 18% from three-point range. That ranks 82nd out of 83 games. That was a horrific showing. Milwaukee wasn't much better. 40% from the field, that ranks 72nd out of 83 games. And they shot 26% from deep, which ranks 77th of 83 games. Those two teams were terrible offensively, absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. They combined to shoot 17 of 75 from deep. There is absolutely no way in the world of mathematics something like that can happen again. I don't see it. So I'm going to play the over. The over in game one was 230 because the game was so low scoring. They dropped it by five points to 225. I see value. I think it's two teams that want to get out and run. I think they're going to knock down buckets. I would also look at Nikola Vucevic going over two and a half assists. Now, we average about 3.2 per game during the regular season, but that's playing far less minutes in the playoffs. He had three in game one despite taking 27 shots. Not only was that a team high, that was a season high. So one of two things is going to happen. He's either going to continue to shoot like he did in game one, which means Milwaukee is going to close on him, which means when he does kick, he's going to get open looks. And those guys who get the open looks, knock him down, he gets his assists, or he doesn't take as many shots, which means he facilitates more. And we end up getting the three assists either way. So I'm going to go ahead and play Vucevic over two and a half assists. Now that covers the uh, individual game action for tonight. Anything in the futures market you've been thinking about the last couple of days? Yeah, so on this just in on Monday, I talked about maybe there's value on taking the Nets before game two. They're currently a plus 180. It's come down slightly from plus 200. I still think there could be value on the Nets to win the series or to go seven games. Another thing I talked about was taking the Memphis Grizzlies at minus 140 before that game two. That's jumped out to minus 260, so I'm not looking to play that anymore. But I do think there is some value on taking the Mavericks to win the series at plus 190. I mean, the Jazz are just so questionable, one on offense and two on defense. I mean, they let Jalen Brunson put up 41 points, and Luka could be coming back as soon as game three of this series. Um, So 
looking forward to that one, but I do think there could be some value in taking the Mavs to win the series. All right. I like what you're thinking. Utah, there's clear dysfunction there. I, it feels mm-hmm. like uh, there's a, it, like the idea that Donovan Mitchell wants out. A lot of us in the media are speculating. feels like it's almost yep. a foregone conclusion, and it's tearing those guys apart. I'll throw out something on the diamond before we say goodbye. Boston's even money against the Blue Jays tonight. I would take the Red Sox. They were as high as plus 120, but it's been coming down. Jose Barrios is pitching for Toronto. The name alone is what's driving the price up for Toronto. It's why they're a favorite. Uh, the, the, the Blue Jays are a great team. Don't get me wrong. Powerful lineup. But Barrios has gotten touched up in both starts this year. Last year, he was 20th in Major League Baseball in fly ball rate at over 30%, which can lead to a lot of home runs, especially in a place like Boston. This year's fly ball rate through two starts is 50%. Okay, he's not on his game right now, and you're getting Boston at even money. So that would be the play for me. And that is it for today. Hope you're nice and relaxed. 10-plus minutes of the bets you needed as promised. Enjoy the games tonight. Uh, And remember, Daily Wager today, 6 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. We'll get you set with all of our favorite plays heading into the NBA card. She's Aaron Dolan. I'm Joe Fornball. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning.